0: hey welcome back this is dr bill Siniard for another gospel rant this is part two uh, in my interview with with andrew springer uh, with uh, facing addictions ministry Uh, hopefully you've heard the last Podcast where he's, he told us uh, told the beginning of his addictions and uh, uh, issues related to his family and shame, and we're going to pick it up. He's he's back at Keswick, and uh, God is really working with him. He hit bottom, uh, considering suicide, and uh, and now the gospel is penetrating. So, Andrew, welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me. <laughs> Good to be back.
0: Man, I hate breaking this stuff up because I don't want to break up the thread, but uh, the way the way things are, people only like 15-minute podcasts. I get that, too. We're, we're busy. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, now you've got plenty of time. Uh, tell us what God has done in your life. So pick it up at uh, the second Keswick
1: visit. So the second Keswick visit. Um, like I said, I had a counselor who was really good and on my level and communicating to me. About God's love and His forgiveness, and how to take the word and apply it to my life, and I confessed everything this time. So God really worked in me. Um,
0: that's a big deal. I mean, that's that's huge,
1: right? And it was it was some some stuff that I hadn't even realized after I went through the first time. Uh, just talking and counseling, my younger brother gets uh, has always been treated as as uh, the baby of the family. You mm-hmm. go wrong. Mm. and so even by your dad by my dad by my mom and by my siblings oh my gosh all through our childhood so if he and i would get in a fight i would get in trouble and he wouldn't yep and the counselor said well whose fault is that i i said well what do you mean he said was it your brother's fault that other people treat him differently than you Mm. and i said well he's he is a little manipulative yeah (laughs) he said he said, yeah, but that's still, people yeah. still choose to treat him how they choose to treat him. Hmm. He can't affect that. So yeah. you're angry and bitter and unforgiving of him for things that he has no control over, essentially. Yeah. And it opened my mind. And we went through all my family members, wow. all the things that I was not forgiving them for. And he's like, most of this stuff isn't any of their fault. Yeah. And it's all uncom- lack of communication and Lack of forgiveness and bitterness, and it's killing you. It's not killing them. Right, they're they've moved on with their lives. It's
0: it's, right. it's like a drive-by shooting. That car's down the road. Right. So
1: I I've so much stuff got dealt with. Um, but I always I always in the back of my head did not believe that I could truly be free from the desire to do drugs and alcohol. The not the occasional oh it would be really great to have a glass of scotch with a cigar because it tastes good. Right the the wake up in the morning and first thing I want to do is smoke a joint, uh, you know, snore a line of heroin, drink some alcohol, mm. whatever. I thought I would never be free of that burning mm. need for that. Mm. Um so I was holding on to that because mm. I also believed that I had the right. If I had ten years sober and I had just gotten a promotion at a job, I had the right to go have a beer with my coworkers. Right. Something. I held on to my rights. And um, hmm. uh, the my life verse is Galatians 2.20, which is, um, I have a new translation. So forgive me, I have to read it. But it's a All new right. translation that I've been reading, and I like it. So it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And hmm. the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. hmm And dead men, if I've been crucified with Christ, dead men have no rights. Hmm. I am no longer my own. I have been bought with a price Hmm. as well, Hmm. the greatest price. So if I truly believe that and God tells me you can't smoke pot, you can't drink, you can't do drugs, what right do I have to say no? And that made sense to you. Yeah. Yeah, But it took one night of the Holy Spirit, ministering these things to me that I learned over the course of my time there. I was in, I don't know, seven months into my time at Keswick, the second time around, Mm -hmm. I was in nighttime housekeeping. We walked around the buildings, closed them up, cleaned up the bathrooms real quick after guests had used them. And I hurt my back. Doing something, I don't know. I don't actually think I hurt my back. I think God just let my back hurt Mm -hmm. because I was floored. And I wasn't lifting any heavyweights. I felt really puffed up. I've been doing really good in the program. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get out of here, and it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. And I still have that right someday down the line. I can smoke a joint or drink if I want to. Right. And –
0: Smackdown.
1: Yeah. I was on the floor. could barely stand. And I thought, man, if I just – I got Excedrin back in my room. If I could get back to my room, I could get my extra Excedrin. And I could pop it, and I would be good. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, no, that's not enough. This is really bad pain. If I had some, mm, here it comes. I could get some muscle relaxers, and I would be great. I could go to the hospital and get some muscle relaxers. They're not a narcotic, right? And then I thought, wow, man, but you know what? An Oxycontin <laughs> that would really take care of the pain. And I'm thinking through all this, and it kind of scared me a little bit, but not. I was like, nah, it's still all right, though. I mean, this is really serious pain. This is pain like when I had spine surgery. Mm-hmm. So. I tried to do my job. I got to the gymnasium and I was all alone. My, my partner in nighttime housekeeping was in another part of the big building. Mm-hmm. And um, I got the Holy spirit was like, look, look at your mindset. Look what mm-hmm. you're thinking. You're giving yourself the right to take drugs and alcohol. And it took you less than five minutes to go from taking an extra excedrin to mm-hmm. taking Oxycontin mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And you know where Oxycontin is going to take you. And mm-hmm. was bad last time, it'll be worse this time. Mm-hmm. And it was this, Yep. Just oh, soul wrenching in having to, to decide right then who was Lord. Was I Lord or was mm-hmm. Jesus Lord?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I made a promise to God because I decided he's definitely has proven that he knows more than me mm-hmm. time and time again. um, And he, he has definitely called me to not to, to be completely sober in everything. Mm-hmm. So I made a promise that I would no longer take any prescription medications, um, any mind-altering substances like uh, narcotics or uh, marijuana, and even limiting it to the the recommended dosages on the back of prescription bottles. Right. Um, no more than like two Excedrin every six hours. Whatever it says on the back of the bottle, I would stick to that. And I it seems a little extreme to some people, mm-hmm. but I knew that God was calling me to mm-hmm. to. Do something to do something dramatic and make a promise, and I've been able to stick to that promise. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks be to God because um, there's been times when uh, I pulled my back out and I thought I was going to need surgery again, and I was able to stick to that through through prayer and and you know sticking with God and, and trusting that He's got me.
0: So where my head goes is 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 it sounds like an addict's promise to me, you know, and and I've heard addicts say it. Oh, I'm going to stop now, I promise,
1: right? But this was yeah. different. Why? Because because I because it was an internal change that God had wrought in me. It wasn't an external conformity okay. and God had done so much other work in my life mm-hmm. I have I have full confidence that he wanted me to make this promise to him. Yeah. And I yeah. made it to him, not right. to anybody else. No one else was witness to this. Okay. I
0: there we go. Much. So, yeah, you weren't trying to gain identity or right. attaboys out of this? or Right.
1: It was no, nobody. I didn't tell anybody about this until uh, after yeah. I got out of Keswick. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a proud moment. It was a humbling moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was on my knees in a gymnasium, crying like a child yeah, yeah. Uh, over some back Good. pain. Good. And God, I knew what God wanted me to do. And yes. I, if it was just an addict's promise, I wouldn't have been able to keep it. No, exactly. And 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 I'm I'm
0: just thinking about the addict who's listening to this, going, "Hey, I've made those promises, but what you're saying is something different." God you weren't doing it to please God or make God proud of you. There was, there was something about you and God that was going to make this thing happen. And somehow you knew that.
1: Yeah. And that's not to say that you shouldn't as it, as a person who struggles with addiction, that you shouldn't just be sober to be sober. Yeah. There's a time period. There are very few people that get miraculously delivered into Mm -hmm. sobriety. Mm -hmm work it takes time of unlearning the bad habits that you've built up yep and learning new habits Habits and learning what the word of god says there's a certain amount of time that you just have to struggle through that i know lots of people who have done that Mm -hmm. the the miracle cures are very uh, few and far between absolutely
0: yeah, you're creating a new habit. That's why we do the prayer cards. If you remember yeah. that because it's it it's it's just a little short thing that people have to say and we ask them to say it twice a day for 30 days because that's the only way that you can defeat a bad habit is to create a new one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, and what is um I've got a really good definition of a stronghold that I learned that is anything any um Belief or thought pattern that mm-hmm. uh, holds it up, holds itself up, but is contrary to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, basically any spiritual stronghold is a lie that you believe that the Bible right. says is a lie. Right. And those have to be broken down over time, and you have yep. to experience God proving yeah. that, it's, that and, His Word is it, true.
0: And it's power fighting power.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Because we're we're not the power. Apparently not. Any, apparently not <laughs> there's two spiritual forces at work and we're not one of them
0: apparently not I'm with you there man alright I'm sorry go ahead keep going
1: well so so that happened I graduated fully from the program and I went home and I got uh, I, I met a girl who I thought I really liked and started hanging out with her and found out that she smoked pot Oh, so man. I forgot a lot of stuff and I started smoking pot a little bit again wow. and it didn't last very long. Um, and part of covenant, part of the Keswick thing is you have a covenant for eight months after you get out of the program. We sure. have requirements that you have to meet. One of the things is that you don't have relationships with the opposite sex unless they're a family member or a coworker, no mm-hmm. romantic relationships or if you're married, obviously you yeah. should be with your wife. But okay. if it's a girlfriend or something like that, mm. no, because it's one of the number one causes of relapse is mm. the opposite sex because they cause a lot of emotional stress. Mm. So I found that out the hard way. Mm. But luckily God is forgiving and Keswick is a really good program. And they said, just restart your covenant. Restart your covenant. Wow. You through it.
0: Good for them.
1: Yes. Not always the case depends. It's circumstantially based, but they said, you know, you called, you let us know your pastor didn't know. Nobody else knew. You didn't have to Mm -hmm. tell anybody. So Mm -hmm. let's just do that. So I did that. And I think six months into my covenant, Mm -hmm. I met a girl, Mm -hmm. a good girl who was trying to seek God more in her life. Mm -hmm. And, um, we met through odd circumstances and, I thought I knew what I wanted. I had my bullet point list of what I wanted in a woman. And sure. God introduced this woman to me and showed me that uh I don't know what I actually want. <laughs> she knows far better what that I is want. He's a humbled man right there. And and she has been the uh what the we're like two peas in a pot. Uh-huh. And because I wasn't allowed to have a relationship with uh, a romantic relationship with woman. I basically, I I told her one night as we were starting to become more friendly with each other, I said, I really want to hang out with you, but I can't until this date. And on the day that my covenant was over, she came over and we hung out for four or five, six hours Mm -hmm. watching a meteor shower and getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, Today, she is my wife. Yeah,
0: that's, that's her giggling in the background, good. That is her
1: giggling in the back, <laughs> background. I mean, but I never, I never, seriously, she's been such a blessing. And that's just um, something that I thought would, I don't know, I thought I would have a different kind of marriage. I was always looking at the outside stuff. We've mm-hmm. been growing spiritually and emotionally with each other. And um, it's been a beautiful thing. And I graduated my covenant, completely got my certificate and all that stuff. Um, and God's been using us and our church through this addiction ministry, like you said, at the beginning of the podcast. It's an amazing ministry. The, 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 the time that I was
0: there, I was so impressed with people's openness and vulnerability, safe place. People could say whatever they, they did, and, and they did say whatever they wanted. It was
1: amazing. Churches should be more like that. Yeah, well, and so the 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 thing about our meeting is that openness and that honesty comes with the full backing and support of the church. We're not like, yep. I, I think too many churches say, oh, you're an alcoholic or you're an addict. We have an AA meeting or an NA meeting. They meet somewhere in the basement at this time. Right. Uh, go church. meet someone there. Right. Basement church. Right. Right. Whereas we're in the basement, but our basement's actually really nice. You wouldn't know it was a basement if you just walked in there. Mm-hmm. And we have pastors from our church that come to our meetings mm-hmm. who have never struggled with addiction. We have elders who are the same case. Mm-hmm. And they come and they share and they listen and they wrap their arms around these people. Yep, and Christ to people. We have atheists. We have agnostics. We have people who are Buddhists and yep. some Taoists and all that stuff. And we don't care. They can come and they can vent and they can speak and we can speak <laughs> truth into their lives. And we're going to, if they present an anti biblical view, we're going to gently present the biblical view of it without yep. trying to rip them the gospel down their throat. Right. Without trying to shame them and just, you're wrong. Here's what the Bible says, and the Bible is right. We know that. We don't need to shove that at them. We can just right. present it as the truth and right. they can accept it or not. Mm-hmm. And God's been using us in that ministry. And, um,. Mm-hmm we we find ourselves in a position where we got a lot of people that we can help and we're just um really really thankful for what God's done in our lives. Mm-hmm.
0: I also noticed it was it was of the variety of socioeconomic. I mean, there were rich people, poor people, old people, young people. It yep. just seemed like everybody. Again, it gets back to what does a church look like? <laughs> it kind of looks like that.
1: Yeah. And, that's right.
0: And uh, and I felt a little bit the same way with your Saturday night service at Covenant.
1: Yeah, that's our favorite service.
0: Right? I, I liked it. I mean, uh, it, was a, it was, yeah, it was special, man. It was special. Well, um, so in closing, so let's say there is an addict who's listening and I hope that's the case. I'm sure that's the case. Daddy issues, mommy issues, God issues. What do you got for him?
1: Number one thing is be honest with God. Um, God knows what you're experiencing. God knows what you've gone through. And he's not afraid of you yelling at him, cursing at him, even. Um, Job tells God he doesn't know what he's doing, basically. And God comes down and has a conversation with Job. Mm -hmm. And and there's plenty of times in the Bible where people that are venerated as saints in the New Testament Mm -hmm have it out with God. Mm-hmm. Moses told God he was wrong multiple times. Abraham was like, no, 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 there can't be that many evil people. So be right. honest. Be absolutely honest. Even if i walked
0: away from faith,
1: I can come back to God and he's not going to smite me. Right. I, I got saved when I, was, when I was eight years old and walked away mm-hmm. for two de- more than two decades. Mm-hmm. And God has accepted me back and shown me love like I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is be honest with God. And the second thing is find someone you can confide in who is a Christian and speak with them and let them know what's going on. Yes. And if they prove to not be a safe place, don't assume that all Christians aren't Mm or are are like that because there are, there are people who are broken and flawed and don't understand all of us. Yeah. So you just got to understand that and don't assume that all Christians are going to be like that and find, find a meeting. It doesn't have to be a Christian meeting, but yeah, you know there's ANA, and A, um, Addictions Victorious, and there's Celebrate Recovery, and then there's Christian alternatives to addiction. If you're in the Northeast, find something where people who have been through a similar struggle can show you compassion and um, give you advice and read your Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does <laughs> yeah. God does
0: God love addicts, even if they can't kick the habit, even if they? Uh, on, are on Oxy and can't stop, even if they're manipulative, can God still love
1: addicts? Yes, absolutely.
0: That's Praise a blow, that's an amazing blow-away statement because yeah. nobody else seems to, and addicts don't love themselves then. You're saying that God loves them, can love them far more than they love themselves, right? At that moment. Absolutely. That's, absolutely. that's an amazing, freaking blow-away statement. Praise God. <laughs> All right. Can they contact... Um,
1: uh, facing Addictions? Uh, you can contact us through our website. Mm-hmm. Um, you can search for Facing Addiction Ministries on Google. You can go to reconciledfam.life. Okay. Um, you can also contact us on Facebook at Facing Addiction Ministries. Or we are on Twitter at Addiction Facing, which is a weird one. We're working on that. Okay. And we also have an Instagram account, um, which is facing addictions. So, um, we're all over somebody
0: there who could answer questions and can help people walk off. I mean, you know, some people, right, might be on the edge and they might be looking at those guns as well, or, or they may be aggressive and, and thinking about shooting places up, um, you know, frustrated, uh, reactionary behavior. People do some crazy things.
1: Yep. Um, there's, you know, through our, uh, uh, what's it called? Facebook thing. There's uh the messaging app. I get that right on my phone and there's other people that get notifications of it right on their phones. Um, and you know, it's modern society. We have our phones all the time. And then the email address is a monitored email address. It's not a blank one it shoots off emails to other people. Um, and you know, I would love to speak to anyone that needs help. Yeah.
0: Hey, listen, uh, Andrew, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I appreciate your willingness, your vulnerability. I mean, I was 35 before I thought vulnerability was, uh, you know, I was just learning vulnerability when I was 30, when you know, I was your age. <laughs> uh, I was raised, You don't be vulnerable, man. You don't hang out you know, your laundry for other people to see. That was church. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I realized that I was so wrong. And, uh, now that I'm 62, I'm trying to figure out what vulnerability looks like. And the more I know how much God loves me, the more I feel like I can do that. So, but you're, you're a great example, man. And I appreciate it. So, uh, once again, uh, Andrew, thank you so much, uh, for, for sharing with us. And, and I deeply appreciate it. Why don't you close us in prayer?
1: All right. Uh, Father God, I just thank you so much for Bill and how you're using him in his ministry. Lord, for bringing him to our church so that we could hear his message about shame Mm -hmm. and forgiveness, Lord, and um, just how much you're teaching him and then giving him the um, knowledge and the wisdom to pass on to others, Lord. Um, I just thank you for who you are, Lord, what you've done for us with your son dying on the cross for our sins Mm -hmm. and rising again, giving us his very life, Lord. Um, And I just ask that for anyone who's hearing this, uh, who's struggling not just with addiction, Lord, but with shame, with unforgiveness, mm-hmm. Lord, with not being able to understand your forgiveness for them, that they would uh, come to you, that you would minister to their hearts, mm-hmm. um, that they would reach out and seek help, Lord, and seek good counsel, and um, that you would open up your word to them so that they could see how much you truly love them, Lord. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: All right, so t- tune in to tune into the next uh, Gospel Rant. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.
1: Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.